In this special episode, we'll be listening to the works of one of the single greatest and prolific composers of all time. It's the great Jerry Goldsmith, this time on Frame Tracks. super excited about this one. Uh, I promise I'm going to try to keep this one short, but uh, it's Jerry Goldsmith. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Gerald King Goldsmith. Wow, what a name. Was born in L.A. on February 10th, 1929, and he eventually became easily one of the greatest, if not the greatest, film composer of all time. IMDb.com has Jerry listed as composer on 249 films from 1959 to 2003. I could literally kill an hour reading the list of fantastic films he worked on. I won't do that, but here's just a taste of his career. Star Trek, the motion picture, and four other films within the Star Trek franchise. The Sand Pebbles, Logan's Run, Planet of the Apes, Patton, Chinatown, The Wind and the Lion, The Omen, The Boys from Brazil, Capricorn One, Alien, Outland, Poltergeist, The Secret of Nim, Gremlins, Hoosiers, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Rudy, Air Force One, L.A. Confidential, Mulan, The Mummy, the first three Rambo films, and Explorers. He collaborated with some of history's most accomplished directors, including Robert Wise, Howard Hawks, Joe Dante, Richard Donner, Roman Polanski, Ridley Scott, Michael Winner, Steven Spielberg, and Paul Verhoeven. Goldsmith was nominated for six Grammy Awards, five Primetime Emmy Awards, nine Golden Globe Awards, four British Academy Film Awards, and 18 Academy Awards, which he only won for one in 1976 for The Omen. So, essentially, we're talking about a dude who knows his stuff. Goldsmith began playing piano at the age of six, and when he was 16, he saw the Alfred Hitchcock film Spellbound and was so inspired by the score that he began to pursue a career in film scoring. 
After college, he got a job at CBS in the music department and eventually became the composer for shows including The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and The Twilight Zone. This led to his first film in 1957 called Black Patch. As you may know, I like to start the podcast with a piece that first got me interested in the composer. Usually it's very easy to choose. However, with Goldsmith, I'm just not really sure. I probably heard many of his scores before I even realized it was him. Scores like The Omen and Logan's Run or Damnation Alley or even 1978's Coma. But the score that really wowed me from Goldsmith, the one where I instantly began seeking it out to listen to over and over again, has to be the remarkable score for the 1979 sci-fi epic Star Trek, the motion picture. Now, I did an entire episode on Star Trek and I went into length about Goldsmith's scores, so I won't go too deep into it here. However, I can't discuss Goldsmith without discussing Star Trek. It'd be like talking about John Williams and not mentioning Spielberg. Goldsmith had a wonderful relationship with Star Trek, and some of his best work came from the franchise. It could easily be said that the motion picture score is his greatest. He was Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry's first choice to score the pilot episode of the iconic show back in the 60s. He was unable to do it, but Roddenberry gave him another try for the film. Apparently, Goldsmith was troubled with the notion of creating a new iconic theme for Star Trek, having fallen in love with the TV show theme written by Alexander Courage. It is said that Goldsmith wrote all the music he could without the main theme, but when it came to scoring the part of the movie where the Enterprise is revealed, he forced himself to create one. And man, did he ever. The Star Trek theme was used in five of the films and became the main theme for the Next Generation TV show. So, enough chatter. Here, from that remarkable, Robert Wise-directed epic, Star Trek, the motion picture, is The Enterprise.
can anyone top that? Oh, don't worry. We got more where that came from. In 1966, British film producers chose Goldsmith to compose a score for their World War I fighter pilot movie, The Blue Max. Jerry was given the first cut of the film with a temp score from Strauss's also Sprock Zarathustra, best known as the main theme from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Goldsmith hated hearing the temp track because, well, he felt his compositions wouldn't meet the high standards or expectations set by those songs. Well, Goldsmith had nothing to worry about. See for yourself. Here is the music from the 1966 film The Blue Max.
While working as a senior editor at Disney Studios, I worked with an audio guy who had worked with Goldsmith on Mulan. He also liked scores, and we would have heated discussions about who was better, John Williams or Jerry Goldsmith. After a few of these debates, I realized that I didn't really disagree with his points. I personally feel John Williams is the best composer, but if anyone says it's Goldsmith, then, well, I honestly can't argue with him. Where I usually won the discussion was this. John has 152 credits to date, Jerry as 249. This is because John is way pickier than Jerry in the films he selects. While John has Star Wars, E.T., and Schindler's List, Jerry has Deep Rising, Congo, and Looney Tunes back in action. Classic. This doesn't mean his scores aren't as good, however. It just means his list of films may not be. But Jerry rarely disappoints, even for lesser quality films. In 1982... Jerry agreed to compose the score for the Sylvester Stallone action film Rambo First Blood about a Vietnam vet who wages war on a small Midwestern town when he is treated unfairly by the local police. Where most composers would phone this score in, because honestly the pedestrian action film required little, Jerry brought his full talents to the project, writing a brilliant and moving score that altered the film by making you feel more for the main character while maintaining a strong action undertone. The theme of that film was titled The Long Road and would become synonymous with the Rambo franchise. From First Blood, here is The Long Road. Thank you. 
let's get to the trivia question for this episode. It's also more of a fun fact, since I don't expect anyone to know this, but I did find it interesting. Jerry's daughter, Carrie Goldsmith, went to high school with what famous film composer who also had ties to the Star Trek franchise? The answer at the end of the program. In the late 1970s and early 1980s, TV networks produced remarkable miniseries that would be monumental events, usually around sweeps weeks. There was a Japanese epic, Shogun, or the World War II family drama, The Winds of War, or the most famous of them all, the story of slavery and its lasting effect on America, titled Roots. In April of 1981, ABC aired a sprawling epic about an important moment in Jewish history. The miniseries, which starred Peter O'Toole, told the story of a group of Jewish refugees held up in a mountain fortress, which stood its ground against a 5,000-strong Roman army. After years of evading them, the Jewish fortress finally fell to the Romans, who were surprised as they stormed the mountain to find all 900 men, women, and children had committed suicide rather than become Roman slaves. Goldsmith, who composed for TV and film alike, returned to the small screen with a remarkable score from the 1981 miniseries Masada. Here is The Road to Masada.
1984, Steven Spielberg tapped Goldsmith to compose a score for a comedy horror film he was producing for director Joe Dante. In the movie, a small town is infested by little green creatures, and it was up to a young bank teller and his girlfriend to save the day. Gremlins was a huge financial success, but it also made a lasting impression on the film world. It was Gremlins, coupled with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, that was the catalyst for the creation of the ridiculous PG-13 rating. Goldsmith also appears in the film, as does Steven Spielberg, in the scene where his father calls home from the salesman's convention. Another fun fact, comedian Howie Mandel provided the voice for Gizmo, the small creature that befriends Billy in the film. Okay, is, is this a podcast about gremlins? No, I didn't think so. It's about music. So here is the gremlins rag from gremlins.
Let's stay in that same vein with our next track, also from a Spielberg-produced film that was also in the horror realm. From what to this day is still the scariest movie I have ever seen, here is the haunting theme from Poltergeist. Okay, I'm a little freaked out now. In 1987, Adrian from Rocky, actress Talia Shire, produced a film about a young knight's crusade to help King Richard. Shire wanted her brother to direct. Huh. Who knew Francis Ford Coppola was Talia Shire's brother? 
not me. Anyway, he did not direct, but they did get Goldsmith, who turned in a fantastic score. This is one of the many hidden Goldsmith gems that most people would overlook since the film was not that popular. But the score is remarkable. Here is the theme to Lionheart.
If you visited one of the fantastic Disney parks around the world, you probably rode Soren. Originally called Soren Over California when it opened at Disney's California Adventure in 2001. It opened in Epcot in 2005, and a new version was unveiled in 2016. The ride is a motion simulator that, well, simulates the thrill of flying to various locales around the world. What does this have to do with Goldsmith? Well, naturally, Disney hired him to compose the score. Here is Soren.
1995, Disney produced the controversial film Powder. It was controversial because its director, Victor Salva, had been charged and convicted of child molestation just before the film went into production. But Disney kept the director on. Now, as the story goes, the director wanted the great John Williams to score the film, and the studio agreed and hired him. However, Williams's camp had demand after demand, including not even agreeing to take the job until after final edit had been approved. Disney finally got fed up and dropped Williams, and Salva opted for Goldsmith. Disney agreed and asked the director to contact his people. When Salva called Goldsmith's office, Jerry himself answered the phone, and after a short conversation, agreed to compose the score. No strings attached. The film, mired by the controversy, didn't do too well at the box office, but Goldsmith's score is once again pure magic.
Since it's so amazing, let's get back to those Spielberg-produced horror film scores. Actually, I didn't realize Goldsmith composed so many Spielberg-produced movies until this podcast. Anyway, in 1983, Spielberg picked Goldsmith for his theatrical version of The Twilight Zone, partly because Goldsmith composed music for the original show. Sadly, this film too was plagued by controversy after the segment directed by John Landis resulted in the death of actor Vic Morrow and two child actors who had been hired illegally by Landis. It is also believed that Landis knowingly put the actors in harm's way for dramatic effect, although a lengthy trial found no one was guilty for the actors' deaths. But don't let that detract you from yet another incredibly powerful score. Goldsmith was a master at building tension in a scene, and no other track exemplifies that more than this one. From The Twilight Zone, here is Terror at 20,000 Feet.
There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. In 1985, Goldsmith reteamed with Gremlins director Joe Dante for a less successful outing. The film was about a group of kids who decipher a message from space with instructions on how to build a spacecraft. After they build the craft, they head out amongst the stars. Dante complained that the studio didn't allow him time to fully finish the film and it was rushed into theaters, unfortunately on the same weekend as the hugely popular TV event Live Aid. As a result, it flopped at the box office, but, and I hope you're getting the reoccurring theme of this episode's podcast, Goldsmith still delivered a beautiful score that captured the spirit of the story, even if the film did not. I absolutely loved this movie right up until the third act. It just completely fell apart. Anyway, here is Have a Nice Trip from Explorers.
1978, Goldsmith scored the political thriller Capricorn One for director Peter Himes. Capricorn is a fantastic movie that was spawned from rumors that the moon landing had been a fake. In this film, the astronauts are set to visit Mars, but after a faulty device would have killed the travelers, the government moves them to a soundstage to fake the landing in order to keep the funding flowing. When the capsule burns up on re-entry, the astronauts are declared dead and the agents must now kill them. It's a brilliant story and a fantastic movie, heightened by yet another fantastic Goldsmith score. And please, do not let the fact that O.J. Simpson is in this movie keep you from watching it. It is still great. Same goes for The Naked Gun. Remember when I said I was going to keep this episode short? Well, how's that working out for you? Okay, let's answer that trivia question now. Earlier I asked, Carrie Goldsmith, Jerry's daughter, went to high school with what famous composer who also had strong ties to Star Trek? 
He composed the scores for Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, as well as two of the highest grossing films of all time, Avatar and Titanic. He's a favorite of mine. Of course, it's James Horner. If you want to know more, check out the episode of Frame Tracks about the late, great James Horner. Speaking of late and great, Jerry Goldsmith died in 2004 at the age of 75. The master left behind a massive library of wonderful music that I hope you've enjoyed some of today. As you may know, I like to end these episodes with my favorite track from the featured composer. Usually that's pretty easy, but with Jerry Goldsmith, it was quite difficult. I had a real hard time picking between these two tracks, so I've decided to play them both. Why not? It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. First up, the 1983 political thriller titled Under Fire, starring Nick Nolte as a photojournalist covering the 1979 revolution of Nicaragua. This is yet another hidden Goldsmith gem. The film was interesting, but not too memorable. But the score, man, I love this score, and I cannot listen to it enough. From Under Fire, here is Nicaragua.
second favorite track from Goldsmith has to be the powerful and moving theme from the before-mentioned ABC TV miniseries Masada. This will take us to the end of our program. If you liked what you heard, feel free to rate us on whatever podcast platform you are using. And you can comment or ask questions at info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X.com. Until next time, here is the main theme to Masada.
If you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.